Welcome another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. Thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Welcome John Clemens, a longtime uh, uh, media uh, veteran announcer. Uh, we're going to talk about your experiences in doing that and what overlap that has with the hobby as well as some hobby uh, collector protocol for you being a collector and you being in the profession. And uh, maybe you can help some of our listeners understand some of the unwritten rules that come with having that proximity to players, whether they're minor league or major league, they want to go about their business of, 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 uh, of playing. And uh, so John, uh, welcome to the show. I'm interested to hear your take on uh, the situations you've been in with respect to uh, loving sports and loving collecting and, uh, and really serving baseball and serving the team, and mainly baseball. So welcome, John. Thank you, Jim. I have a resume that looks like a Rand McNally Road Atlas. Um, <laughs> in all my years of broadcasting, uh, Durham, North Carolina at WSSB, at uh, Rochester Red Wings working at WROC, uh, Tulsa Drillers working uh, at uh, KRMG, uh, here in Dallas uh, working with the Frisco Roughriders and the Dallas Psychics and the Dallas Tycoons, uh, all those teams I've always tried to use as a, def a defining decision to move to Durham, North Carolina, to Rochester, New York, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Dallas, Texas, working for radio stations that were closely associated with a professional sports team. Then I could eventually use that uh, part-time work as a way that I could work for a team in that community. And it has worked out every time. And as I look at my resume, I say, wow, <laughs> I've been all over the place. But in each case, it's been the association with a with a team, a sporting team. And the teams, do you uh, again? There's, like I say, for the benefit of our collector listeners, you know, being collector and then being in the business and being right there with the players. What are the do's and don'ts when you're when you have that the kind of access that many collectors dream about? The the one advantage I had when I would do post game interviews or pre game interviews for the radio station that would go on the radio. Uh, affiliate of, of that team, um, in each case, you become familiar with uh, the ball player and they become familiar with you unless they're just been called up or sent down or what have you. But in each case, there's been offers made to sign something or a or giving me a baseball or a card if I had it with them. Um, you know, some of the unusual things that we collect over, over the years, it just, it, it just amazes me. You know, like I've got a 1960 not whole game uh, a membership card from the Rochester Red Wings. I've got um, a, a Rochester T206 uh, card. I've got a flag from the Roche from the uh, Frisco Roughriders. Uh, I've got a calling card from the um, from the Rochester Red Wings, only because the business card was so unique. It was shaped. It was in the shape of a baseball with the baseball stitching on it. So you know, I I would save that over the years and. Uh, and and uh, and keep that and have different ball players sign it. But one of the things that I have been able to uh, do over the years is every team I've worked for, including the Texas Tycoons and and the Rochester Runnings, I have saved either a hat or a shirt um, from that team. And eventually, on my bucket list again, I wanted to make a collage or where I could track all of my all all the teams I've worked for over the years, including. The press pass, the press badges that I collected over the years. So, so. so but I'm just trying to get at the uh, whether it's transactional or relational. It sounds more relational 
it doesn't sound like you're hounding anybody. Right. It sounds like you're you're there and and it, there's stuff. Are people giving you stuff? Are you trading stuff with the, uh, for example, players or executives or I mean, what what's the nature of it? It sounds very relational, and uh, you know, many collectors just you know kind of seem like they just show up at the ballpark and hound the players for as many autographs they can get on on whatever cards they have. Yeah, when you see like the uh, Dr Pepper ballpark along the <clears throat> along the uh, the foul line, uh, it is usually loaded with collectors. Uh, and, and that's that's when the collectors know that the ballplayers are coming out of the clubhouse. So they uh, congregate there and just, you know, yell out, hey, you know, Joe or hey, Sam, what have you. Can you sign my ball for me? Uh, you're right. Mine is more relational. It's more an opportunity. You know, to me, one of the best jobs you can have. Could you imagine going to a sporting event and getting paid for it? I've often said going to the baseball game and getting paid for it and enjoying it and getting uh, treated very well. Uh, by the team and uh, usually have the best seat in the house. I mean, if you're in the press box, you usually got a pretty good view of the field of action. And, and you know, you don't have to pay for that. You know, you, know, you sit there in air-conditioned comfort and there you are. I remember when I did the uh, PA, public address announcing for the uh, Rough Riders for 16 years, um, the PA booth used to sit right over the top of home plate. You know, what better, it's like a big video game. Uh, that's the thrill to me of sitting in there, uh, having people bring you Dr. Pepper, or a hot dog, and you get it paid for it. <laughs> well, again, it's, it's still you got to pay attention, and uh, you have to have the, the the skill that you have that I don't of having a, a great uh, radio voice. But uh, my question is, you know, when um, it, it seems like it wouldn't be a job that somebody would seek out. For they might seek it out for that perk, but the perk of being able to get a whole bunch of memorabilia it doesn't sound like. That's there. I mean, you weren't. If the team won the the league championship, were you getting a a diamond encrusted uh, ring? I don't think so. I have two championship rings: one from the Dallas Sidekicks and one from the Frisco Roughriders um, that I cherish. And, and my thought, because I have four grandchildren and two different families, uh, you know, how can I how can I leave them four championship rings when I only have two? So I'm going to have to put them have somebody put them in a uh, in a box or something, and they'll have to draw them, draw them out. And, but those championship rings mean a lot to me, and they bring back so many memories, whether it be the, the Dallas Sidekicks, which is enormous. I mean, the thing is, it looks like a World Series ring, okay. and then the Frisco Rough Rider ring. Now, I, you're I now you're talking. Now you've got some people interested in, <laughs> in your job, I think. Uh, at least getting, uh, if you get, get uh, hooked up with a great organization that's winning championships, which is not a sure thing in any in any, in any sports but again we're sports card riders, insights here what 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 touch of the cards i mean uh did you ever have to talk any players uh off the ledge who uh, got frustrated with collectors uh bugging them too much did that did that ever happen because you you kind of understand both sides yeah i like the ball players that uh, you know that are paying attention to the people who are asking for their autograph um the young kids get number one on the pecking order that's always good but the people that are making a living off of collecting your autograph, uh, usually get shunned away. Uh, but a lot of the ball players, you can just see like every third one, they'll they'll pick and choose, or like a little girl holding up a baseball, they're, they'll take that baseball and sign it uh, more than they would somebody that's going to get you know make a hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks out of your autograph. Um, those are the ball players that I like, and that that means a lot to the kid. You know, they got an autograph baseball. So you're saying facial hair is a deal breaker? <laughs> that's right. That's right. All those wrinkles. Uh, Note to self, okay. Don't, uh, but again, I mean, the players are trying to be accommodating, but they, 
you know, there's, I, I think there's some people that would just, uh, you know, would, would ask for as many autographs as the player would, would be willing to give. And they, they, they would never run out of scraps of paper or uh, programs or balls or, or uh, cards to, to sign. But yeah, I, I remember growing up at uh, the, uh, a lot of the major leaguers came through Rochester barnstorming, trying to make some extra money back then. And I remember Rocky Calavito turning me down uh, for uh, an autograph on a baseball. And then I went around to the other side when he was getting into his car um, I had to ask him again because I, I thought he was a cool, cool ball player, Rocky Calavito. And, yeah. uh, and he turned me down again. So ever, ever since that time, Rocky Calavito was not, was not my favorite ball player. I can tell you that much. Well, he was a great ball player for, for, uh, for many years and had a great following, but you know, not every, every ball player is there any orientation that the minor league players get that helps them understand the collecting mindset, you know, whether it's autographs or cards, or they just kind of pick it up uh, in the clubhouse talking to other players, because I I don't know that they fully understand that, like you said, that the collectors are are substantial, not substantially, but are a a big part of people who are basically paying their salaries uh, because without fans, there's, there's not a professional game. So how do they pick up on, uh, collecting etiquette or like you're saying these unwritten rules of if you're uh, a little boy or a little girl you've got a pretty good shot if you're if you're not you you may get passed over you, know, you, you touched on a, on a subject that i have long promoted number one like with the frisco rough riders they have two chaplains on on staff there uh, one anglo and and one hispanic that they that they work with the ball players in and just explain to them some of the pitfalls that could happen to young ball players making a lot of money for the very first time, or just make scraping by and making some money. And at the other end of a career, to work with ball players who have, have reached the end of what they have achieved for 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years, and now they don't know what to do. So I, I remember guys like Mickey Tettleton and people like that, you know, it's a very difficult transition at the beginning of a baseball career on how to handle yourself from autographs to money there should be somebody there to help that young man. And at the other end of the career, somebody to help them um, move out of the, move out of the sport and move away from the team that, that they have loved so much. You know, you mentioned from autographs to money and actually that's the transition that uh, becomes inequality. <laughs> you know, that, that basically when the Mickey Tettleton's of the world, when they, when their playing career is over and if they don't stay in the game as a, as a coach, then their autograph can be converted to money on some level. I think it, right. you, you can't saturate, but there's a, a lot of demand for, for uh, former big league players uh, just for their autographs. So I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that some of the players have that, uh, that opportunity. And again, it brings that dynamic element. And surely you saw that. Were there, uh, again, when you're, again, you're right there, you're doing the, the, you know, the public address and some of the announcing, all that, you're, you're recognizing uh, there are other dignitaries that are at the game. Are, were, were you? Did you notice that non-baseball players at some of the games that you were covering uh, would also get hit for autographs? You know. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, what was that like? Was that yeah, similar? It, I'm sorry. Was that similar? Yeah, it was. It was similar. Um, a lot of times they'll have like you know fan appreciation night or you know one of the hit TV shows will come out. I, you know, with uh, Gunther, uh, with the guy with the Friends uh, episodes. Uh, he was with the Frisco Rough Riders um, one night when they had, you know, Friends Night, and they played the music and film clips and what have you. There was a line longer than, than <laughs> it, it was stretched all over the place just to get his autograph and get his picture, the picture taken with with him. Um, but the fans loved it because they they could have the opportunity of meeting Gunther, the the waiter, 
uh, from friends and get their picture taken with them. Well, I love that. I love that. Like I said, it's uh, autograph collecting encompasses a lot more than just sports. And uh, being at the ball game is, uh, as you've shared, you get paid to 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 be there and to help uh, fans relate to the game. So my hats off to you, John. You do, you you love your job and you do it well. And uh, I think it's great that you uh, are a passionate collector as well. So uh, we're out of time today. Uh, thanks, John Clemens. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in the-